0: I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. And welcome to another Calgary Stampeder podcast. It's a real pleasure on the podcast today to be joined by the Hall of Fame voice of the Calgary Stampeders, uh, the one and only Mark Stephen. And why did we bring Mark into the conversation today? Well, a couple of things. Because we want to get to our list, our top ten list, the top ten Calgary Stampeders of all time. And, and I'm course, sure we all agree on this, Well, you know, hey, yeah. there is no wrong answer, right? Because we're all going to have different opinions. And I'll say this, Dave Rowe.
1: I had a tough time with this because I, yeah. I changed my list about three or four times. Yeah, I mean I I, I was looking at it, mine. I tried to be sort of uh, you know fair and balanced in the representation mm-hmm. I got. Offensive guys, defensive guys. What do you do with uh, with special teams guys here? You know, but I, I am here to tell you there will be uh, two wrong answers, and that will be whatever you and Mark came up with <laughs> because uh, I've got it. It's just the way it is. Mark, how about yourself? Do you have a tough time coming up with this list? Oh, for
2: sure. I mean, the moment uh, you asked me to come on, I'm glad you did. I I wrote down. I just counted here. I got the. I wrote down. 31 names. That was just on, off the top of my head without mm-hmm. even doing much research. There are 31 names, and I reordered a lot of them, and there's going to be some guys. Uh, the moment I open my mouth, people are going to say, well, how come he's not on here? Well, I, I don't know, because there's some very good players, very accomplished players have been left
0: off. You're exactly right, because you can look at, uh, you know, Stampeder players that are in the Hall of Fame. You can look at Stampede players that are on the Wall of Fame, and not everybody's going to make our ten, top 10 list. Yeah, Oklahoma. and
1: you know, and, and plus part of it, too, is, uh, well, at least for me, anyway, uh, I've got, you know, some historical figures in here, but a lot of mine are just, you know, guys that I know, guys that, uh, that I've enough. seen. I mean, you know, I, ca- I can't tell you Woody Strode, you know, where does he, uh, you know, rank kind of thing. I just don't know uh, enough uh, enough about the players, so mm-hmm. you try Foot to Anderson look at the history one, a little no. bit. Yeah, Sugarfoot Anderson, but uh, you know, certainly there's, uh, you know, some modern guys that I think are every bit as important as uh, some of the all-time greats. Okay, yeah. so here's what I want to do. I I want to stop with, uh, start with our,
0: our number 10, and work our way down to number one, and we can discuss as we go along, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, how many on our lists are similar to each other. So let's start with number 10, and Mark, why don't you start off with number 10 on your list?
2: Well, I went uh, quite a ways back for my number 10, and that is Jerry Keeling, who passed away, unfortunately, earlier in 2018. He uh, played for the team for 12 years, had an accomplished record as a defensive back But when they needed a quarterback, he just flipped over and became an all-star quarterback and led the team to the 1971 Grey Cup Championship team. Uh, He was accomplished at both positions. I think that's amazing. I can't think of anybody currently that could do that, just flip from one to the other without missing a beat. He was the backup quarterback all those years. And uh, he's a guy that did so much... uh, you know, it was very low-key individual. We did so much for so long, and
0: uh, at an all-star level. So I, I had him number ten. I'll be honest, Jerry Keeling didn't make my list, but that doesn't mean
1: you're wrong. Did he make your list, Dave? No. Again, okay. uh, it just goes back to the historical uh, angle. Okay, on fair this. enough. Number ten on your list. Number is? ten on my list because uh, I just I, I wanted to represent someone from the offensive line, and you look through the years, and the guy I came up with is uh, is Rocco Romano, who was just uh, you know the anchor on that offensive line for so many years. Played multiple positions, you know, CF. Award winner and a Hall of Famer and again just to look at to represent generations of the of the hoggies out there I had to go with Rocco Rocco Romano
0: did make my list but he is going to be a little further down on the list my number 10 was John Cornish John Cornish even though you know he his career was cut a little bit short with the concussion issues You know, this guy was the most outstanding player in the Canadian Football League in 2013. You know, uh, there was nobody better than John Cornish. And as a Canadian running back, you know, a three-time top Canadian, two-time Great Cup championship, uh, you know, he won the Lou Marsh Award. So John Cornish is number 10 on my list.
1: I think, you know, the the one thing about Cornish, and again, you know, the the body of work is short. Flame that burns twice as bright Mm -hmm. burns half as long. But uh, one reason that I could support that is that I think Cornish was... I don't know if pioneer is is the right word, but uh, certainly a gate opener. I think for the the new crop of ratio busting Canadian players, all of a sudden, what a Canadian can play running back. You know, now you got uh, Canadians. Uh, you know, playing just, you know every position out there, including quarterback. Okay, we are so ranking just... top
2: ten individual seasons. He makes it. 2013 was one of the greatest individual yep. seasons.
0: But you mentioned it, the length and the body of work. I couldn't put him in the top 10, but uh, he's great. Fair, Fair enough. Okay, so just to recap, number 10 for Mark is Jerry Keeling. For Dave, it's Rocco Romano, and for myself, it's John Cornish. And again, I want to stress there's no wrong answer. So let's go to number nine. We'll keep the order. Mark. Okay. I went with uh, Larry Robinson again, going back a long way.
2: Uh, 14 years, never left the field. As of today, remains the team's uh, career interception leader, first kicker to record 1,000 points. And, you know, to stay on the field that long and go into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, I had to go with Larry Robinson because those are figures that uh, the mm-hmm. 1,000 points has long been uh, surpassed pass, but the 50 interceptions, remember he hasn't played in 44 years, yeah, impressive. and he never left the field, so th- those are really amazing stats. Well,
0: you know, it's funny, when I when I said off the top that I changed my list three or four times, when I first did my list, Larry Robinson was on it, and then when I did it a couple yeah. of other times, he wasn't <laughs> on it, so he certainly got an honorable mention on my list, but didn't make my list. How about you, Dave?
1: I'm going to put uh, Larry at number nine uh, as well, okay. just, uh, for all the reasons uh, Mark talked about. Also, you know, the fact, too, when you think about these you know, two-way players, the guy that, that never left the field, You know, you're you're going back in history. You're going back to the 40s and 50s, like you know, Larry played in you know what you could consider the modern era of the Canadian Football League as a two-way player and a special teamer. When you look at his interception total, still standing up, you know what he was able to do as a kicker, what he was able to do on offense. He's got to be on there. My number nine is Bo Levi
0: Mitchell, the current uh, current quarterback of the quarter of the uh, Calgary Stampeders. You know, and 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 again, I, I sort of. Hummed and hot about this one. I thought his career is still going on should he make my my top 10 list and and I thought how can I how can I avoid not having him on my list I I just couldn't because his winning percentage says it all all this guy does is win football games and you know right now he's number nine when his career is over he may be number one yeah they, but, I agree. but right now he is number nine on my list because but yeah
1: winning I, I'm percentage what he's been able to do off the top yes. of his career it is kind of hard to argue
2: yeah I had him he was one of the ones I really wrestled with. Maybe at the end of the year it'll be different if he wins a Grey Cup and becomes the first sure. quarterback to win two Grey Cups. I think you're right, he might shoot right to the top. But the perspective angle is so hard with Bo right now, that's it, the only it, issue. It, it truly is. Okay,
0: yeah. so just to recap, at number nine, we have Larry Robinson for Mark and for Dave, and I have Bo Levi-Mitchell. We're going to go to number eight. I'll start off because this is where I had Rocco Romano, and I know, Mark, you had uh, Rocco... Ro- I'm sorry, Dave, you had Rocco Romano on your list, yeah. so uh, I have uh, Rocco Romano for all the reasons that you said I wanted to get an offensive lineman on my list, you know, a four-time All-Star, a Hall of Famer, you know, a first-round pick by the Calgary Stampeders, a two-time Cup champion. I got to give a little bit of love to the Hoggies, so he's (laughs) the only Hoggie that made my list, so uh, Rocco Romano's number eight on my list. Mark.
2: Well, I went with Joffrey Reynolds, uh, who had 9,213 yards, uh, seven years as the team's principal running back, which is an amazing amount of time for a running back. It's a bruising, demanding position. He was very hard to bring down, uh, very reliable, very durable, and very productive. He racked up a lot of yards, that low-to-the-ground
1: rushing style. He's the franchise's career rushing
2: leader. So I went with Joffrey Reynolds at number eight.
1: I'm going to go with uh, John Helton because uh, I wanted to get the defensive line represented in there as well. And you know, you look at guys. You know, there's a, there's Charleston Hughes. You could look at Will Johnson. Uh, a lot of greats there. But John Helton, when you look at how dominating he was uh, throughout uh, his career, he was you know at a time when you really didn't stand up and take notice of defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. John Helton was the name that everybody knew around the CFL. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, John
0: Helton and Joffrey Reynolds did not make my list, but I, I again I hummed and I hawed and I thought, how can i not put these guys on my list but uh, i decided to go with john cornish over joffrey reynolds mark and uh, that was one of the reasons and and i was also looking at uh, you know normie Kwong and looking at his numbers Mm -hmm. and 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 again tough to compare eras from that standpoint but uh, i I went with uh, with john cornish instead so there we have it number eight i've got rocco romano dave you've got john helton and mark you have joffrey reynolds so let's go to number seven mark Well, I went with
2: Alondra Johnson, the uh, fierce middle linebacker, played 13 years with the team, was a real heart and soul guy, was uh, on three Grey Cup championship team, a fierce tackler, uh, certainly a guy that Wally Buono put in some great positions to succeed, and he did play 214 games and uh, was just a real inspirational leader of the Mm -hmm. team in the middle. So I had to go with him at number seven as uh, one of, but not
0: the best middle linebacker in (laughs) Peter's history. Well, I do have (laughs) AJ on my list, so I'll get to that a little bit later
1: on, but uh, who is number seven on your list, David? AJ? Well, AJ's on uh, my list as well, but I'm going to go with uh, Nick Lewis in this spot. Uh, just retired. Uh, when when you look at uh, record-breaking on the Stampeders, a lot of records that are going to be broken in the future are, are, are those set up by Nick Lewis. Just the consistency of this guy, and uh, also th- just the fact of what he meant to the team emotionally. When we were talking to Nick uh, when he retired as a Stampeder uh, just a few weeks ago, You know, he talked about how... He came into the team at a low point. I mean, his first year was the last year of uh, the F Troop era when you know morale at this team was on a low, and he became part of that core group of players that really developed that pride in being a Calgary Stampeder. Nick Lewis is on my list, but he is much higher, as a
0: matter of fact, so uh, very interesting stuff. Number seven on my list is the guy they nicknamed the Hands, you know, Herm Hands Harrison, uh, Hall of Famer, three-time All-Star. I, I, I only, you know, I, I was pretty young when, when Hands Harrison was was really making his and mark hands. in Calgary. Yes, Ham Hands, that's exactly right, but, you know, I, I got to know him afterwards, you know, when, when, when I came to Calgary, and uh, just watching some of the highlights, you know, from Herm Harrison, how could you not respect what this big-body receiver, you know, did for the Calgary Stampeders. And so, even
1: though, yeah, even though I didn't know sort of, you know, Herm as a player, but uh, he also represents the community of Calgary Stampeders that stay in this town and build business lives and stay active in the alumni and remind the players of today what the tradition of the team is about. True enough. And still holds
0: a record for yards in a single
1: game, exactly receiving. right. Yep. So, number seven,
0: I have Herm Harrison, Nick Lewis for Dave, Alondra Johnson for Mark. That goes to number six. Mark, who you got, number six?
2: Well, we've already mentioned his name. I went with Nick Lewis uh, for all the reasons articulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh, long stretch of time with the Stampeders, 11,250 yards, 805 catches, and, uh, you know, all the reasons you articulated, two time Great Cup champion and a real emotional uh, leader of the team. Uh, he always looked weird in that Montreal uniform. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) He was a stampede or just borrowing Montreal's uniform, I think as far as most fans were concerned. I know it's a strictly performance, but there's no player that's ever developed the connection with the fans like Nick Lewis. Well, no,
0: I would agree. And that's, again, why I have Nick Lewis a little higher on my list. And maybe I have a soft spot in my heart for for Nick because he's, uh, you know, I'm a big Nick Lewis guy. So anyway, I think that's an excellent choice. Uh, Where are you going with number six, Dave?
1: I'm going to go the only quarterback uh, on my list, and uh, this is going to be my controversial pick, but but I'm going with Jeff Garcia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you talk about, you talked about Jeff, John Cornish with the short body of work. But I remember when Jeff came in with absolutely no hype. They signed two quarterbacks. They had a press conference to announce. And the other guy was the guy that they were actually hyping. And it's like, oh, and we also got this Jeff Garcia guy. And he came in when he got when he got elevated to the starter's job. He was just so explosive and just so riveting to watch as a football player. You know, I, I don't want to take uh, the NFL success he had as, as part of his work as a Calgary Stampeder, but he was just a guy that was so much fun to watch as a quarterback. That's an interesting
0: pick and probably a little bit off the board because, uh, you know, Jeff Garcia certainly didn't make my list, and again, the, the body of work does come into play with it. Uh, number six for me? I went with a guy that's uh, still playing in the Canadian Football League, but no longer playing for the Calgary Stampeders, playing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and uh, boy, it's tough to see this guy in the mm-hmm. uh, in the ugly green color, but I have to go with Charleston Hughes, because yeah. Charleston Hughes is a machine. Charleston Hughes, when I think, when I think of Charleston Hughes, you know, I, I kind of like Nick Lewis, and I think Dave Dickinson said it best, you know, when he retires, he is going to retire a Calgary Stampede. His name is going to be on the Wall of Fame. He is going to be a Hall of Famer, and Charleston Hughes, for me, uh, makes my top 10 list at number 6.
2: Well, hard to argue. Yeah.
0: Again, it's the old perspective,
2: but uh, you know he had the most sacks in conjunction with Will Johnson that as a stampeter. So. That's exactly right.
1: They need to get him back for one game, talk the opposing quarterback into taking a dive so he can get that 100 sack. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to number 5, Mark. Well, I went with John Helton, who
2: uh, during the 60s and 70s was as dominant as anybody, Uh, strong defensive alignment, seven-time all-star. I know uh, know, we don't rely on outside uh, opinions for this, but TSN a few years ago did their top 50 ever, Mm -hmm. and he came in, uh, you know... In the, I think it was 12 or something like that. Anyway, very high. So, very highly regarded. I regarded him very highly as a stampeder. So, I went with him at number five. He's as good as anybody that's ever been on the defensive line.
1: He was on your list, Dave Rowe. And uh, where are you going, number five? I'm going to put uh, Joffrey Reynolds at number five uh, on my list. Again, such a, a dominating runner. In a time when the running game was kind of out of favor in the Canadian Football League, Uh, the fact that uh, Joffrey, the way he could move the pile, I remember talking to Joffrey about his stats one time, and I said, okay, I'm looking at your total yards gained but I'm also I'm looking at your average here. He was one of these guys who could carry the ball twice and get a first down. And when I talked about his average, that was when he smiled because that showed the power this guy had to, uh, you know, to, to move the pile. I remember you know, the effectiveness they had for so many years with uh, Henry Burris and Joffrey Reynolds running that read option play just because you, know, you had to account for Joffrey going into the middle, and it opened a lot of things up number five for me
0: is a gentleman mark that you had on your list at number seven and that is aj alondra johnson and you know again just a great Dominic, a dominant linebacker in the canadian football league again a hall of famer and what what put me over the top when i was interviewing uh, dave dickinson and it was when jerome mcginla retired and i said of all the guys that you played with in the canadian football league who reminded you best of jerome mcginla and he said Alondra Johnson, and so I'm going, (laughs) hey, if you're a power forward in the National Hockey League, you're obviously a power linebacker in the Canadian Football League, so Dickie put me over the top with AJ. (laughs) Good choice. Yeah, let's recap uh, number five, so that's Alondra Johnson for me, Joffrey Reynolds for Dave, John Helton for Mark. Now we're getting into the top four, so Mark, where are you going with number four? Well, I'm going with Henry
2: Burris, uh, you know, leads the Stampeders in so many categories. Uh, the full-time starter for 2005 through 2011, a top, uh, you know, completion in terms of numbers, attempts, uh, passing yardage, actually number nine in rushing. He was uh, the starting quarterback in 2008. He has another ring from 98, but he was a passenger and a third stringer at that time. But Henry Burris, uh, for me, had a very successful stretch for the Stampeders, and right now he's on top by, and by a mile over Bo Levi Mitchell, so when it comes to passing, that may
0: change in a couple of years. But today, it's Henry Burris, one of the greatest smiles of all time and one of the greatest people of all time. And I, I certainly am not going to argue. And I, I just basically, I, I went with Bo Levi Mitchell over Henry Burris just because of his winning percentage and uh, you know the the number of interceptions that uh, that Henry threw you know during his career. But hey, Mark, not a bad pick at all. Uh, Dave, where are you going?
1: This is where I'm slotting uh, Alondra Johnson because uh, as this team started to emerge. From the horror years of of the nineteen eighties, and established itself. You know, you, you forget about how good that defense was, just because of how many stars they had on offense. Uh, Alondra Johnson was uh, was just the anchor out there. I remember uh, a couple of you know my first couple of years here, I would uh, spot for Ken Newans who was doing the PA announcing, and you know sitting there with the binoculars and the number of times on defense. I go tackle Alondra Johnson, tackle Alondra Johnson, <laughs> and then Ken would say tackle by Alonzo Johnson. Alonzo, but eventually Johnson. we yes. figured it out. But uh, <laughs> Alondra Johnson, uh, just the heart and soul
0: of that defense of that era. Hey, we all have AJ on our list, so obviously not a bad to pick at all. Number four is where I am going with Nick Lewis. Uh, you know, he almost made the top three for me because I hummed and hawed at whether or not Nick was going to make yep. my top three. Uh, he doesn't quite make the top three; comes in at number four. And everything that you guys have already said about Nick Lewis, and as I say, I've got a soft spot in my heart for him because you know, I, I, I you know, I, I hope his mom is doing well. And Mark, I still remember when his mom came in mm-hmm. and cooked his dinner, and yep. you know, we had the beautiful pie, and it was just it was just you know one of those memories. Oh, moments. so free so, dinner—that's what it free, free, takes to get into your top that, five. That's exactly what it takes to get into my top oh, ten. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> (laughs) Congratulations to Nick Lewis, uh, number four on my list, AJ for Dave, and Henry Burris uh, for Mark. So now we get to the top three of our top ten list, greatest Calgary Stampeders of all time, Uh, number three for you, Mark. Well, I went
2: with Alan Pitts, uh, you know, at the time he retired, he was uh, the CFL's career receptions leader, 117 touchdowns with the Stampeders, he had four consecutive years of 100 catches, uh, almost 15,000 yards, and a very talented player, And a certain, but for whatever reason, he's cut his ties completely with the team, but mm-hmm. no debating his uh, years with the team when he was dominant and uh, was the go-to player, him and Dave Dickinson had, had
0: some good years, and uh, no question, Alan Pitts, for me, was one of the greatest players ever. I, I have this feeling that our top three is probably going to be very similar, although we may have them just in a little bit of a different <laughs> order. Dave, where are you going with number three?
1: Well, with number three, I'm going to go with uh, Mark McLaughlin, Mr. Oh, automatic. Uh, you know? I was wrong, then. Oh, yeah. I'm going off the board again. Well, here. Off the board, Mark so, McLachlan. Yeah, again, like I, I looked at my list and I wanted to make sure I had <laughs> offense, defense, and okay. teams in here. I mean, and let's you know, let's look at how Mark, important Mark McLaughlin was to this team. He was just automatic. I mean, as, as powerful as those offenses. were, were, you know, how many times? You know, field goal mm-hmm. McLaughlin, field goal McLaughlin. This guy is, you know, the leading scorer of all time on this team. The front office career maybe didn't go as uh, as well as he might have hoped. But when you think about Mr. Automatic for the Calgary Stampeders, you know, yeah, we've had uh, some great ones with Sandro DeAngelis mm-hmm. and, of course, uh, Renee Paredes is also pretty good. But up, uh, Mark up winning kick, too, I yeah, believe. Yep. Yeah, Mark McLaughlin was a guy who's just like, okay. okay, here comes McLaughlin, put three points up on the board. Yep.
2: No, that's, I wrestled hard with that one, too, just because I came down to the conclusion, you know, how many plays is a kicker on the field for him? But, he was, but the ones he was on, he was amazing,
0: so I'm not saying you're wrong, it's just that that's the conclusion I came to, but yeah, fair still enough. a great player. Fair enough. Uh, number three for me, and you guys may have him a little bit higher, but I've got Doug Flutie, and the only reason I don't put Doug Flutie a little bit higher, again, it's the body of work with the Calgary Stampeders. Was he the most dynamic? Was he the most fun to watch? You know, was he the most, most athletic player ever to play for the? Calgary Stampeders, I don't think there is any question. However, because it was only the four seasons, I, I just couldn't have him any
1: higher on my list, so I've got uh, Doug Flutie at and, uh, number three. Yeah, I say, saying, and, and Doug Flutie's not on mine, He's just because, of the, because, just of, because of, the of the shortness shortness of body work. Outstanding while he was here. I mean, it's, it, it's probably the same reason I didn't go with John Cornish. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah, F-
0: fair enough. Okay, so there we have it. At number three, I've got uh, Doug Flutie. Um, Dave off the board a little bit with Mark mclaughlin and Mark has alan Pitts. And I may as well go with number two because I have alan Pitts number two on my list. And how can you not go with alan Pitts? Everything that you said, Mark, six-time All Star. I-, I I don't know what happened with the uh, Stampede organization. Why he is uh, you know disassociated himself with the organization? It's kind of sad because he was just a fun player to watch, a dominant receiver, great hands. Didn't miss many catches and just just dynamic with that Doug Flutie era. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna go with Alan Pitts at uh, at number two as well. Just for everything you've said, he was uh, you know mesmerizing. It was just he was such an impact player. And again, a guy who opened up the field for other players. Just because you had to account for this guy on uh, on every play. I'll put the moodiness aside. I mean, I, I had to do a one on one interview with Allen one in the uh, one of the first years I was here, and I was actually a little bit nervous because you know I would heard that this guy was not fun to talk to, and it wasn't the most fun interview I've ever done. But you know, I did get a little uh, a little insight into what makes him tick. You uh, know, I I don't know why he finished up with the organization the way he did, but on the field, the only other guy that I I can think and you know maybe just because this was a childhood hero but the only other receiver I think I've had as much fun watching was Mervin Fernandez with the BC Lions, the great years he had back in the 70s. Good point. So number two on your list, Mark? Well, it was Doug Flutie, and uh, again, the length
2: of service was a big consideration for me, but I put a lot of premium on all-star selections and uh, end-of-season awards, Mm -hmm. and what moved him into the top two is he did have the consecutive MVPs in 92, 93, and 94, and uh, nobody's done that, and probably nobody's ever going to do that. So that's what put him there. Did win a Grey Cup, one of seven to do so, and uh, you know, as you've mentioned all the things that he did, his amazing totals and that. And, uh, you know, I understand why you have to uh, knock him a couple pegs down just because of the length of service. And if you really want to get picky, it was really about three and a half years because the uh, 95, That's true. he had an elbow yeah. injury and didn't play the second half of the year until the Great Cup when he was healthy. So uh, it's uh, pretty productive for the time he had, just didn't have enough time.
0: Very interesting. So number two, Dave's got Alan Pitts, I've got Alan Pitts, and Doug Flutie on Mark's list. So that brings us to number one. I think I know where we're going Is with this. Is this going to be Consensus. Yes. Consensus. Probably so. I've got Wayne Harris. Wayne and, Harris. And, yeah, Wayne the Harris. linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So he's pretty much the standard against which uh, all are measured uh, linebackers that have come, such as Alondra Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned that TSN poll a few years ago. That was taken at a time where he hadn't played in 33 years and he was still in the top 10. So that's uh, not only recognized here but by others, but that's not the reason I selected him. He just simply was the best. And he would have played a couple more years, but he had a neck injury and, you know, he was part of that 1971 Grey Cup Championship team.
1: And, I mean, I never had the pleasure of uh, getting to know Wayne Harris, but certainly I've uh, had the pleasure of uh, working alongside Wayne Harris Jr. with the Calgary Dinos. And if you look at the sun – As a reflection of the kind of man that the father is, then that uh, Mm. tells me a lot of good things about Wayne Harris. Just call him Thumper. Yeah, just
0: Thumper is number
2: one. So unassuming. I mean, I I one time drove downtown and kind of caught my eye looking out the corner. I said, wait a minute, that was Wayne Harris there. I mean, the most unassuming-looking guy and just wandered around but put him on the field. And he's in, remember, the College Football Hall of Fame, which is the toughest Hall of Fame to get into because of the number of eligible candidates. So
0: okay, great career. Uh, You know, guys, this has been fun. And again, there are no wrong answers because there have been so many great players that have worn the red and white over the years. Uh, Just to recap, Mark, you had Jerry Keeling... Larry Robinson, Joffrey Reynolds, Alondra Johnson, Nick Lewis, John Helton, Henry Burris, Alan Pitts, Doug Flutie, and Wayne Harris. Yep, and uh, many, many others that were
2: ever so close oh. right there. I could I go through the whole list. You mentioned John Cornish, LaVell Coleman, James
0: Sykes, Dave Sapanja. There's so many others. That yeah, I could have, uh, Will Johnson, let's not forget him. Dave, you were a little off the board with a couple of your picks, I, I have to be honest with, but again, there are no wrong answers. Rocco Romano, Larry Robinson, John Helton, Nick Lewis, Jeff Garcia, Joffrey
1: Reynolds, Alondra Johnson, Mark McLaughlin, Alan Pitts and Wayne Harris. And, you know, maybe if you could find some way to combine everybody named Forzani into one person, you could you, know, <laughs> you could put them on the list, too. Isn't that the truth? And my top ten list, John Cornish, number
0: ten, Boley by Mitchell, Rocco Romano, Herm Harrison, Charleston Hughes, Alondra Johnson, Nick Lewis, Doug Flutie, Alan Pitts, and Wayne Harris. So congratulations to Wayne Harris. That was the, that was the only consensus pick yeah. with our top ten, and I think that was probably the easy one.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think if you don't pick Wayne Harris as your number one Peter, <laughs> you're going to get run out of town. But is there anyone who could threaten that? And maybe if
2: Bo Levi wins a couple Mitchell. more, great
0: cups. Well, I think you're right. And again, if we redo this in 10 years, we might be having a totally different but list. But the guys. amazing part is, Wayne Harris hasn't played since the early 70s, and we're still talking about him. Yeah, himself. isn't that the truth? Hey, thanks so much yep. for listening to the Calgary Stampeder podcast, Mark. Thanks so much for, for coming okay. in today. Uh, if you like the show, please take a few minutes to rate it. Please leave a few comments. I'm I'm sure you got your own top 10 list. Maybe you want to weigh in. If you really like the show, please tell a friend. We have a brand new show every week, a brand new topic every week. And of course, you can find us at all your favorite podcast locations, Apple Podcast, Google Play, tune in, and our website, Global News Radio, 770 CHQR.